Hello everyone and welcome to Primrose Lights. I'm looking forward to speaking to you today about health and well-being, uh, which is a topic really close to my heart. Um, and we're here with Rajiv Raja, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner. He also happens to be my cousin and he comes with a real wealth of knowledge. So I'm really, really excited to have him with us today. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi said that health is the real wealth, not pieces of gold and silver. So I think it will be really helpful uh, to just dive straight in because it's a topic that people I'm sure are going to be captivated by and wanting to hear your every word, Rajiv. So uh, without further ado, um, I'm going to hand it over to, to you to tell us a little bit more about how you got into Ayurveda. But um, just before I do, actually, it's probably worth me giving you a quick introduction in terms of your credentials. Um, so Rajiv uh, is obviously an optometrist uh, and he's also an Ayurvedic consultant. He has trained in Ayurveda in the UK and in India. He spent time uh, learning uh, the wisdom of Ayurveda by uh, and from Dr. Vasant Ladd, uh, who is one of the, uh, the eminent uh, leaders within Ayurveda and he's also a qualified yoga teacher. And uh, I know that he's really excited to also share the goodness and wisdom that Ayurveda has uh, to everyone. So, uh, Rajiv, I'm hopefully doing you some justice, but you've got so much wisdom to share. So, uh, so I'm going to sort of hand it over to you and, and, and let you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey. Thank you, Rashmi. It's lovely, lovely, lovely to be on here and um, lovely for you to be part of the family and actually sharing the knowledge of Ayurveda. So the, the quote that you said was beautiful. Um, it's... One of the things that reminds me of what my grandma used to say when I was younger, saying, if you don't look after your health, it, it, you will regret it in the future. You, you can get all the money in the world, you can get all the wealth in the world, but you can't pay back, you can't pay for your health. You'll never be as you were before you got ill as such. So that struck chords with me uh, for a long time and I've always wanted to sort of um, it, it's, uh, I can't say, it's, it's stuck with me. And I've been like, that is so true. Like, that is very, very true. And if only everyone knew that. Absolutely. And it's, it's a beautiful saying. And what Gandhi says, it's so true. And what I want to do is I've wanted to, from a young age, I've naturally found myself, actually not wanted to do, I found myself. I think Ayurveda found me. I didn't find Ayurveda. Um, I was lucky enough to be brought up in a family who believes in Ayurveda and yoga, but doing it professionally, just it just came to me because naturally I was helping people. People were asking me, why have you got so much energy? Why are you so positive? Why you so, never take days off school? Um, what's, what's, the, what's the magic ingredient? And I actually was like, I don't know, I just eat, drink and um, have a good time in life, right? <laughs> uh, so, and what that is, what, what I realized that simple saying was I eat well, I get I, the food that we've eaten at home is very home cooked. Um, it's fresh food every day. The, the drinks that I'm drinking is very like, it's just water or simple decoctions made of herbs and things like that. It's not, we used to eat minimal junk food. Obviously, I'm human. I was born in London, uh, lived, gone to school. I've eaten junk food. It's not like I'm a sadhu who lives in the Himalayas, but mm. um, I've eaten junk food. But we were, for, not forced, but we were told, eat well, eat well, eat well. Yeah. So it, it yeah. can't. Yeah, absolutely. It comes parts of your genetics, uh, or parts of your part of your being. Mm. And I just saw so many people out there asking, "Why? How have you got like this? How have you got like this? Why are you so positive?" And suddenly, um, I I came across a course. I started doing it, and there you go. Um, and being an optometrist, I saw so many people not healthy in 
in their surroundings and youth not um, i would say they were disempowered um when you come across a lot of people a lot of people are uh, if you ask them how is your health they say yeah yeah, yeah it's good mm. then the next thing you ask them is what medication you want then they ro roll up a list of medications and it's just like no you're not healthy you think you're healthy but all these medications are keeping you supposedly healthy and i thought you lot are losing your power of your own being to be healthy and you're thinking you're healthy when actually health is not this health is being positive health is being light health is being alive and that's how that's what brought me to ayurveda and oh that's and ayurveda suddenly came to me did the degree studied in india and doors have opened all over the place since then and it's such a beautiful journey yeah, well, I mean, it really has been. I mean, um, we've sort of spoken about it over the years. I mean, I guess the beauty of Ayurveda is it really does um, focus on this sense of it's a holistic um, lifestyle and it really focuses on this idea of balance. So uh, your mind, body and soul and obviously through that is positive thinking, uh, yoga. So so just tell us a little bit more. So for the, the audience that might be quite new to Ayurveda, what, what is it really? So Ayurveda is a science which is actually um, from the Indian subcontinent. It's the oldest form of medicine. It's actually a medical, a total medical science. It's not just uh, take Harder at night or take uh, this. Uh, it's not this hocus pocus thing. It's actually a system of medicine. You can go to India. You can go to Ayurvedic hospitals. There's different branches of Ayurveda. There's Ayurvedic surgery. There's so many different branches of Ayurvedic uh, gynecology, Ayurvedic pediatric, uh, pediatrics, Ayurvedic obstetrics, Ayurvedic ophthalmology so there's so many different branches of it so it's actually the oldest form of medicine um and it's actually that it comes from two words um ayush and veda which means uh ayush means life and veda means knowledge so it's actually a knowledge of life and so it's a holistic science which incorporates mind body and uh consciousness absolutely well that's really interesting and you know, hence I want to get straight into the real gems of wisdom I'm here to share with people. Um, so one of the, um, I, we, when we were speaking, and obviously you introduced me to Dr. Vassan and I've got his book here, it talks about either encompassing not only the science, but religion and philosophy as well. Um, and one of the key bits, just to sort of set the scene for, for people, uh, it talks first and foremost about Brukutri, isn't that right? Yeah. Uh, and is it worth uh, perhaps you, highlighting what that means and to set it out sort of set, set a picture for people as to, to what Prakriti is so Prakriti is um our genetic code in effect what is our genetics and obviously as western science knows that we are a product of our genetic code so what we how what, how tall we are how short we are what disease we have what uh, mentality we have is a product of both nature and nurture nature is our genetic and nurture is our environmental factors. So Prakriti is our nature. It's who we are. It's formed at conception. It's it's like the Ayurvedic genetic code. Um, yeah, and that's the simplest way of looking at it. It's the Ayurvedic genetic code. Uh, sorry, it's the yeah Ayurvedic genetic code, which is which sets in stone what personality you have. Whether you're tall, whether you're short, whether you're skinny, whether you put on weight easily, whether you've got long nose, short nose. Um, it's it gives uh, sort of the clue to about how everything will be in your life. And we've got three doshas in this, in our body, uh, vata dosha, pitta dosha, and kapha dosha. So they're three energies in the body. Everyone has got those energies in the body. So everyone will have um, these vata, pitta, and kapha in their body. But what makes us different is we've got different ratios. So I might be more of vata, then less of pitta, and even less of kapha. You might be high kapha, 
secondary vata and tertiary pitta the other person might be different ratios so it's all about the ratio of vata pitta kapha is what makes the prakriti now um the vata you get a dominant prakriti so if you're dominant in vata that means you're more likely to be um sort of crackly joints you can be very tall or very short you'll be very slim your bone structure will be very your structure will be very bony you'll have small eyes your hair will be sort of wavy um you'll get tired very easily um it's very it's it's the made of energy elements of air and space so if you think about the elements of air and space there's very there's a lot of lightness there there's a lot of dryness there there's a lot of roughness there and these are the people that talk really really quickly so right now my vata dosha is high because i'm talking um and i travel a lot so vata dosha will increase a lot so this is why my prakriti is mainly vata and secondary pitta and so pitta people have a receding hairline they're very very smart and intelligent they're very structured some people call them ocd because they've got very organized they're very organized they like everything really efficient they're very passionate they are very aggressive and angry they have very red eyes um there there's a lot of redness and yellow in the hair is very thin uh, for women especially um so they're the sort of the middle um uh, and the build is middle it's not skinny like vata it's more middle and then the kapha are more rounder so kapha is made up of energy of uh or the elements of water and fire so if you oh sorry water and earth so you can imagine what the the structure will be like it will be very earthy it will be very groundy it will be very round curvy um they'll be very uh sort of sluggish they'll speak very hello how are you very slow not literally like that but they <laughs> they they would you call it tone will be very slow they'll take time to pick things up but they'll be very strong they're very like gentle giants um a healthy kapha is a gentle giant um and so kapha is that property so you got three elements now we could be a mixture of everything but we'll have one dominant uh, dosha and that makes up our sort of prakriti if you want to call it that way fine thank you for setting the scene and so could it be that we're maybe 40% of one and 30 30 for the other for example would you normally have it would it be quite distinguished between the three it can be anything really because it depends on your genetics for example if your parents were both pitta the chances of you and and your if your parents were pitta and they conceived you in the summer season which is a pitta season there's pitta 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 and mum ate loads of spicy sour salty food you'd be very pitta oh wow that's right okay but if you were sort of something like your mum was vata your dad was pitta your bore you were conceived in kapha and you had a balanced diet you could be pretty balanced triadoshic next time exactly so <laughs> it's this is what genetics about it's not just about the um uh, what your parents are of conception yes it's formed at conception but it can be altered slightly in the womb wow that's really interesting so i guess that people that are pregnant um of which I know there's a couple at least in my my friends group that have been actively listening um that's something to note that the foods you're eating can very much impact the prakriti of your unborn child so that's yeah. that's really helpful so even the thoughts you're thinking to be honest so a lot of it is meant that's why a lot of the time you're when you're pregnant you're meant to just be subtic or peaceful calm uh, loving to yourself uh, not too stressed out because all that stuff it becomes your baby and affects your baby so it can affect the i wouldn't um i wouldn't say it's 
um, drastic effects, but it can be, these things are very subtle um, and they can affect subtly um, little bits of things. Just out of curiosity, going, going off tangent, but you've sparked my curiosity. So if you have, as a pregnant lady, cravings, again, um, depending on what they are, is that an indication as to maybe the um, constitution of the baby? So perhaps if you like really sweet things, that might be an indication of um, whatever one it is, you're going to have to tell me. Um, yeah, but... it could be. It could be. So there's two things. Yes, it can give an indication of the prakriti. Um, so for example, there's... Um, babies who there's people who have really really uh, mum has really sweet cravings so potentially so it could be two things the the property of the baby could be more kapha because kapha likes sweet things but also it could be that the imbalance in the mother at the moment is a vata imbalance which sweet corrects vata imbalances so it could be one of the two things it's very difficult to tell what it is sure. so it could correct imbalance or it could be um the property if you're not if you know you're not imbalanced then it's the property if you think you're already embarrassed, like you've traveled a lot and you've been commuting a lot and you're a bit anxious and you need sweet food, then you know it's an imbalance. But if you're healthy, you're chilled, you're relaxed, then it's probably going to be related to the, the property of the baby. But it also could be what's developing at that point. So there's uh, so the first trimester of pregnancy is um, the kapha's time, second is pitta time, and third is vata time. Um, that's when these energies are the highest in the fetus. And there's different, you know, when different organs are growing in the body, they need different tastes or different uh, substances. And that's when you get cravings for these things. Oh, wow. That's really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Rajiv. And um, I guess you're right, just going back a moment to when you are pregnant. And just as a general, you've got to have really positive thoughts. And I have a nice quote from Voltaire that says that I've chosen to be happy because it's good for my health. And again, it just goes back to this whole point about a really holistic way of living. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, something that I am really keen to talk to you about is digestion. And, and I know being in, 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 in Ayurveda, you're going to emphasize the importance of having good digestion. So it'd be really fantastic if you could um, describe what it means to have good digestion and what are the sorts of things that we all can collectively do for our health to optimize our health, please. So I think digestion is a source of everything. Um, we are not, there's a saying, we are what we eat. Um, one of my students actually uh, mentioned it and said it in a really nice way. So it's not my saying, I credit her for saying it, but she said, Rajiv, don't you think it's we are what we digest? Yes. I'm like, wow, that's profound and it's so true, right? So, because the thing is, if your digestion is not good, you could eat the best food in the world, but it's not gonna become nutrition. It's gonna not be digested and stay as waste. So what happens in our body is whatever food we eat needs to be digested. So our immunity is related to our digestion because if we eat a meal, that meal is broken down, that broken down substances are absorbed into the bloodstream, um, into the liver, and then they become our cells, which are the immune cells. The, the, every cell in our body becomes uh, as a product of what we eat. So technically, if we are, have got a good digestion, our immunity is strong, our organs are strong, because everything that from the, all the nutrition from the food is going straight to produce the cells. But if our digestion is bad, that means that the quality of our immune system, the quality of our cells is not going to be optimum. And that's why digestion is important. Now, um, what digestion is called in Sanskrit or in Ayurveda is Agni. Agni means fire, mm -hmm. the, the digestive fire, which needs to be strong. Um, and if we if we don't have a good digestion, what happens is 
um, something called AMA is produced, AMA. AMA is toxins. And so in a way, if you look at a perfect digestive system, you eat the food and it goes to food, uh, or sorry, it goes to nutrition and the other part is waste, right? So the body gets rid of the waste and the body absorbs the nutrition. If your digestion is poor, what happens is there's a toxic product called AMA produced. And so what that is, it's a hybrid between the nutrition and the food and the waste. So the body doesn't want to get rid of it because it doesn't recognize it as waste product, but it doesn't want to keep it because it doesn't recognize it as nutrition. So what it does is it stays in your stomach, starts fermenting and rotting, and then those products start entering your blood system, which are like free radicals or which are like um, just toxins which are flowing in your body. Right. Okay. So that's why digestion is important because if armor starts flowing in your body, these start things like clogged channels. So imagine if you wake up in the morning and you see your tongue, it's, it's very coated and it's white. That is that gunk that's building up in your system, which is flowing into your system, which is clogging all the channels, which is allowing, which is not allowing the nutrition to absorb into the cells. So imagine you've got a liver and that is that white coating is around the liver cells. How much of that of the good nutrition is actually going to get absorbed by the liver cell? Not much. So what our job is, is to keep our agni, our digestion strong, which enables it to absorb the good nutrition and nutrition and give us nourishment and good immunity. Absolutely, because I guess that's the point, isn't it? You can eat the whole rainbow, you can be doing everything, you can be exercising, you can be sleeping well, but if we're not, um, our digestive fire isn't strong, then we're going to be building up this armour and it's coating our whole, um, our whole set of organs and we're just not really... Um, as well as we could be. So what can we do then to reduce AMA and to rebuild our digestive fire, our agni? First simple rule is eat when you're hungry. That is the rule I tell every single person. Eat when we're hungry. We're in such a Western culture of only eating when it's time. So nine o'clock or eight o'clock breakfast time, 12 o'clock lunchtime, six o'clock dinner time. Well, that's not the time of our body. We need to listen to our body. And this is about connecting back to ourselves, listening to ourselves and knowing when we're hungry. And when we're hungry, eat. It's a sign that our body is hungry. If we're not hungry, don't eat. It might annoy a few people in your family for a little while until they get used to you tuning into your agni. But um, that's what you've got to do. You've got to eat when you are hungry. Because when you eat when you're not hungry, armor will form because it's your body not needing food, but you're giving it to giving body giving food to the body when it's not needed. And the body will ask for it. It's it's that it's body's intelligent. It will tell you when it wants something, and it, when it tell you when it doesn't want something. And if you're not hungry, um, it's not going to give you the signs of hunger. So eat when you're hungry. That's number one. Sure. Number two, eat when the next the previous meal is digested. Um, so that's very important because a lot of the time we keep grazing and snacking and eating large meals every two hours because everyone says we should eat every three hours, but different prakritis have a different rate of digestion. Like a fitter prakriti will be like, I'm hungry all the time. Every 10 minutes, they'll be like, I'm hungry. Not literally 10 minutes, but every short while they'll say they're hungry. Vata people will be like, one day, one, they'll be hungry for after two hours. And the next time they'll be after after four hours. It's very erratic, their hunger. And a kapha person generally will could last one day without a meal or half a day without a meal. Their, their digestion is very slow. So different people have different rates of digestion. So you've got to figure out first of all your prakriti what your prakriti is observe your digestion see what your digestion is like and eat according to your uh, according to when you're hungry one way to test if you're actually um hungry is if you feel that taste of hunger drink a small glass of warm water and if that warm water 
um, digest and you feel um, hungry, more hungry, then it's actually hunger. But if you if you don't feel hunger anymore, it was actually thirst. Because we sometimes, as humans, get confused about hunger and thirst. Definitely, definitely. I think you're right. Even in West, I think it's a very Western way of being. You know, I've got a meeting at one. Let me have a quick sandwich um, before my meeting. Um, but I actually, might not be hungry. But it's like then you've got another meeting at two. So if you don't, then you're kind of going to miss it. But I think what you're saying is, um, try and listen to your body and just get used to um, to not working with the the structure that I guess time puts on us. But just to eat when we're hungry. Um, so going to the point about um, sort of what sorts of things to eat, um, does either specify the sorts of foods that are good for for us in terms of optimal health and, and again, maybe the spices that we need to be including in our diet again to help with this digestive fire and agony? Yeah, um, it's generally saying uh, the best treatment actually for agony to keep your agony going is drinking regular hot water. Hot. So hot water is a good is a good treatment. So if you drink hot, sorry, sorry, just with lemon or just water, like just hot water. Being as hot water itself is good enough. Um, if you need a bit of taste, you can put a drop or two of lime juice in it, um, and it will give it a bit of taste. But if you don't need to, hot water, you get used to it. Initially, it tastes a bit weird, but you do tend to get used to it. Um, so drinking hot water, say instead of you're drinking your two liters of water or one and a half liters a day, it should be say one and a half to two liters of hot water a day um that would be good enough because that will okay that will uh, detox your system as well as give you hydration and what's um food wise i would say eat according to your property so if you look at different um sort of there are websites out there but you can also contact me and i can give you guidance on that but um like vata diet should be different from a bitta diet should be different from a kapha diet which is why no in ayurveda what they say is one size doesn't fit all um we you need to look at it individually and eat what's suitable for you and eat what's seasonal and that helps your agni as well so you should right now we're in autumn so you should be eating uh, vata reducing foods because vata is highest in autumn so you should eat vata reducing foods so avoid things like cold foods avoid things like uh, raw foods avoid things like um sort of uh, citrus and um, too much spicy food you need to eat more grounded vegetables like all the earthy vegetables because earth grounds you and vata is air and space so we need to be grounded at this time so um, root vegetables root stuff is is good right now cooked with spices indian the typical indian spices um cook with them cook warm food keep it sloppy um dals yeah, it's really good food right now perfect very very interesting and so we talk we, we we as, as humans are so fixated on having good health and, and rightly so, um, but just sort of changing tack a little bit and speaking about disease, we obviously are doing whatever we can to avoid disease, but sometimes it's inevitable. So how can we, um, could you talk to us a little bit about how we can avoid disease uh, and maybe what to look out for are all diseases equal? Um, what, what things can we be looking out for individually to, to make sure that we're looking after our health as optimally as possible? So um, disease is an interesting one. It's a huge minefield. Um, literally any any thing that makes us feel uncomfortable is a disease. So it could be just a stomachache, that's a disease according to Ayurveda, all the way to cancer and heart heart disease. They're all diseases, they're different levels of diseases. So Ayurveda says that anything which is, um, disease basically is a state of 
I'll read the quote out to you. Disease is a state of body and mind in which a person experiences discomfort, pain, and or injury. So any sort of discomfort, any sort of pain, and any sort of injury is the disease. So it's a disturbed ease. Dis-ease is disturbed ease. So if you live according to your prakriti, like eat, like say your vata prakriti, you, you should follow the vata timetable as such. And if you live according to that, you're very unlikely to feel a disease because you're live, you're eating the right foods, waking up at the right time, sleeping at the right time, doing the right things, you're doing yoga in the right way, and you're less likely to feel a disease state because you're living according to your nature. So what we need to do is tune into nature, live according to nature, and that way we're less likely to get a, what they call a disease, so an imbalance. Mm, absolutely. And so what does it mean, though, prodding you a little bit to live with yeah. nature? What, what can we be doing to live more with nature because obviously COVID's a classic of us obviously not having lived with nature and therefore nature is now doing a bit of a number on us so what yeah, can exactly. we what can we do to live uh, and sort of use this as a lesson to be living with nature okay so the first thing about nature is your nature mm. know you who you are and that is who what is your property because your prakriti will give you your vata pitta kapha ratio so that will equate to your mind body and soul because there's kapha pitta vata in everything so your emotions will be sometimes if you're anxious you're nervous if you're lots of fear that's a vata type of emotion if you're passionate that's that's pitta type of emotion if you're like uh, lazy and depressed and down that's a kapha type of emotion so know your ratios because then you can work out what your tendencies are okay so then you can observe yourself and say okay cool this is me. This is what I need to live by. This is my, my I'm a Vata dominant person. So I need to follow this routine. And routines work daily and seasonally. So you need to have a daily routine and keep it structured, have a seasonal routine and keep that structured. And as long as you follow that, you're generally going to stay towards a healthy place and, you, and just be positive in life. Avoid all these uh, being caught up with who said what, when, and the, the, the whole social circle of, um, uh, one-upmanship or gossip or anything like that just stay true to yourself and be the best version of yourself which is basically living according to your property according to your genetics uh, or genetic code and um, naturally nature will look after you because nature is there to support you we're part of nature so if we work with the rhythms of nature we are look at a tree and um, it, every time uh, every season whatever whatever the case it will lose its uh, leaves in um, autumn yeah. then it will stay bare in the summer in the winter start growing again in the spring and blossom in the summer etc etc and it will happen year after year it doesn't say oh, i don't feel like growing leaves this year because it lives with nature it sees that it looks at the tree the, the sun the air the dampness it takes about lots of the oxygen and then it just grows according to nature so it's got its own inherent quality and it lives by nature and that's what we should do look at animals look at the not the domestic animals naturally but also but the wild animals like you go to africa and you get the migration they look for rain they look for um fre fresh grass to eat that everyone is always moving with the rhythms of nature every animal will do that so why aren't we? Why aren't humans? Are we special? Are we different? Are we not part of nature? We need to realize that we're part of nature and realize that we should eat what nature provides us, eat seasonally. Um, think and we look at the sun, look at the times of the day, wake up at the right time, go to sleep at the right time, etc. Just live by nature and 
you'll be happy. Well, this is this ties in quite nicely actually with my previous podcast that I did with Rupin on the 5am club and, and I'm not sure Rajiv if you've um, read uh, the 5am club by Robin Sharma but he obviously places a great deal of emphasis about rising with and obviously it's a time of great spiritual um, upliftment and actually there's a real power and energy. Um, does either ever talk much about that as well in terms of the times that people ought to be waking up or again is it different according to our brockle trees? Yeah, so um, what they say in Ayurveda is we should wake up at Brahmamurt. Brahmamurt is the, uh, in Sanskrit, it's the, it's the hour of Brahma, it's the creative hour okay that's when we should wake up because that's when our energies are the most creative that's when we can create a lot and this is when we should be waking up ideally if you lived in the himalayas you would do meditation yoga and things like that but you can still do that here nothing's stopping you doing it here it's a good time to do spiritual work it's a good time to do consciousness work it's a good time to just actually reflect on yourself forget if you're not if you don't believe in yoga if you don't believe in spirituality if you don't believe in anything it's actually a good time just to be silent and actually be with yourself like, you know, what I was saying earlier, connect with yourself, mm. good time to do that, because it's very quiet and very peaceful. Um, now, remember, it all also depends on your, uh, your property. So um, sleep, it depends on also what time you go to sleep, which we'll, we'll, I know we're going to talk about later. Mm. But um, the kapha people should sort of wake up the earliest, vata people should wake up the slightly the latest as such um, because vata need the most sleep kapha need the least sleep and pitta is in the middle so yeah but around around the i would say between an hour an hour before sunrise people should start waking up fine good and it's a very unwestern thing traditionally yeah. so but those that are doing it kudos to you you're definitely leading the way um so absolutely um so i guess it needs it leads us quite nicely on to, to daily routine so what kinds of daily routines should we be having? And, and if you can perhaps guide us through, through your, your daily routine and, and what, what we ought to be doing to, again, live optimally, because that's really important. So um, waking up firstly, um, it's, it's start the day fresh. Like I, I like to say waking up is a new birth. That's a nice thing. Yeah. It, exactly. It's, it, it's, so, it's so empowering if you say that. It's a new birth. It's a new start. It's a new life right so every day is a new is a new being it's like you've created a new day so let's make the most of it let's wake up early let's think positive the first thing you should sort of do when you wake up is not check um your social media or check who's emailed you and said oh my god have i got how much work have i got you should just maybe listen to some positive music read a positive quote have a positive affirmation for yourself like saying today is going to be a great day so just start it off in a positive way because that sets the tone for the rest of the day. Doesn't it just? And actually I was reading just just yesterday, Deepak Chopra had said this famous quote that every negative belief weakens the partnership between the mind and body. And actually if you set yourself up with positive thoughts from the morning, you'll actually see great, like if you set it up with gratitude, you'll actually, your body will and your mind will naturally find uh, things to be grateful for throughout the whole day. Whereas if you, as you've rightly identified, um, looked at your phone and be like, oh, so-and-so is wearing this and so-and-so has been here and you sort of are comparing and critiquing, then actually you're setting yourself up for, for a day where you're not grounded for you. So I, I like that very much. Start a positive. It's the, it's just a nice way to be. It's a, it's just a 
it's a birth, you know, it's like, what do you do with a new baby? You look after it and you nurture it. You don't want to just chuck it somewhere and say, hey, just eat some spicy food or whatever. You want to actually love and nourish it. So it's like your body, you wake up in the morning and what do you do to a young child when, it, when you look after the child? You're looking after it with love and slowly, slowly you're bringing it into the adult world in the same way as a, when we're born, we're a child. So you've got to just look after that child. You've got to nurture it. You've got to um, softly nourish it. And then it can go into the adult world, which is called work. But yeah, wake up. <laughs> exactly. It's true, right? Um, but still be that child. We've still got that inner child in us. A lot of us adults have lost that inner child. And um, unfortunately, if you look at children, they are very healthy people. They've got, I, I would look at children and look at health. Child equals health. So if we want our health back and we want, could be find that inner child find connect with your inner child and you'll find that joy that love and that joy and that love okay it might be a placebo but it actually will make you feel positive and positivity will bring you good health so that's one way of uh bringing good health be that bring that inner child in so start off the day softly gently so get up in the morning um gently wake up um you can do some yoga some stretching in the morning even if you don't do some yoga just stretch then what you can do is do some gentle deep breathing or pranayam if you if you're a yogi you do a pranayam then you do some meditations even if you don't want if you're not a yogi you can do just deep breathing just do sit there for five minutes breathing deeply that's all that's fine that's grounding you that's helping you start off in a positive way and really centering you then you can do some meditation if you need to um, if you're in the, into the mode of meditation that's fine but if you want to continue a deep breathing that's also good some people do some creative work in the morning. So they write a journal, they write uh, positive affirmations, they something positive in the morning, which, uh, which is for you, not for anyone else, for you. So it's, it's the time for, in the morning, I say it's me time. I call it me time. This yeah. is what you do before you, so before you go to bed and before, you, and before you start your day, two points in the day where it should be me time. Do things for yourself, creativity, um, positivity, love for yourself and then get on with your day. So then brush your teeth, oil pulling in the morning, um, a nice warm shower, not hot shower, warm shower. Uh, is there a reason why? Especially on the head, never put hot water on the head uh, because our top of our head, uh, shoulders to our head is kapha. And if you put too much heat on kapha, kapha melts and melting of kapha results in problems in the nervous system, problems in the sinuses, a lot of different issues. It's like, mel it's like melting ice caps. Our body uh, above our shoulder to our head is kapha. So it's it's snow, it's uh, it's solid, it's mucus. If you put too much heat on it, that mucus will melt. The mucus membranes will dry and that's asking for trouble because our central nervous system needs water. It's it's it's, it's terrible for CSF, cerebrospinal fluid is water-based. It's That's kapha. So if we put too much heat on it, it can affect it according to Ayurvedic principles. And it's so seamless, you know, unless you were conscious that you would just put hot water on so innocently without thinking anything of it but that's a really useful point it should be lukewarm water i mean listen in the winter it can be a little bit warmer uh, especially in the uk but don't put hot hot water on it just put lukewarm water the rest of the body um you can it's ideally you once you're used to it cold showers are a good way to start the day um that's what they do in the himalayas that's what and... they do in the himalayas yes i've heard about that so I'll, I'll allow every all of our all of our listeners to actually take a gently lukewarm shower every morning. That would be fun. You've got permission to do so, viewers. That's good. Excellent. Um, that's really really helpful. Um, anything more that you'd like to say about daily routine? 
Um, yeah, just eat at the re- right times every day, eat when you're hungry, and um, just relax and eat with awareness. So eat, don't eat trying to do a million things. When you're eating, eat. When you're walking, walk. When you're talking, talk. Be in the moment with what you're doing. Don't try and multitask too much because you're not giving attention to what you're doing. Yeah, and that's such a great point, actually. And it's one that I'm definitely, as I get older, learning more. But actually, that is meditation, actually, to enjoy your meal in peace, to prepare, you know, with uh, sort of positivity, to eat a meal with um, concentration, to sort of chew every mouthful, um, to uh, to walk sort of purposefully and sort of hear the hear the sort of birds chirping or look at the different leaves on the trees or whatever it might be that is meditation it doesn't just mean sitting um in in posture um in any in 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 sort of every sense so um no thank you for for bringing that up um as we were talking and that we said we'd come back to um sleep which is obviously uh part of great health so it's obviously uh good nutrition uh exercise but also a huge uh, component is sleep so would you talk to us about what can we be doing um, for optimal sleep what does Ayurveda recommend to us so sleep is um, one of the three pillars of good health so um, the other one is food and the other one is brahmachari so three pillars of good health is sleep food and brahmachari Um, if we sleep well our health is is going to be good we are there's more and more the western medicine know this as well they've been saying it for years that sleep is so important and we tend to neglect sleep um we tend to not listen to our body and sleep as we should now ayurveda usually says sleep between like around sunset um is when we should start winding down and sleeping before say about nine and eleven is a good time to go to sleep between nine and eleven is a good time to go to sleep because what what it what um, research and what I've been taught by my teachers is also sort of the two hours before midnight reduces fatigue, okay? The two hours after midnight reduces toxins, and the two hours after um, two a.m. it basically uh, that's when your body is sort of ready to get up. It's it's neutralized. It's uh, it's nourished. It's good. It's good to go. It's um, it then needs to just relax <laughs> yeah. and then get going. So about four o'clock is, that's why they say wake up at four o'clock mm-hmm. um, because that way your body is being charged and you're ready to go. But what I always say to people um, is the Vata Prakriti people should set sort of early sleep early, a little bit earlier, um, say about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Um, then the Pitta people should go to sleep at about sort of 10, uh, 10 to 10.30 and a uh, couple of people should probably 10.30 to 11 go to sleep um, because companies less sleep uh, so you, Vata people need more sleep so they need to go to sleep earlier and wake up a little bit later Kapha people need to go to sleep a little bit later and wake up earlier because Kapha is naturally a slower a heavier thing uh, or thing an energy so if it's a heavier energy it doesn't need as much sleep because how we sleep is when kapha increases in our body, we fall asleep. So kapha people tend to feel sleepy more easily. And, but they shouldn't be allowed to sleep as much because they're naturally strong and sleep is rejuvenating, but they're naturally rejuvenating because kapha is a rejuvenating agent, if you want it in a very layman term. Okay? No, that's, that's helpful. So, um, yeah, no, please, carry, no, no, please carry on. Yeah, pitta is um, sort of uh, in the middle between kapha and uh, vata. 
what about people that maybe struggle to sleep um is that is that an indication of what broccoli three or what what if they're kaffa bifa is that is that does that indicate if people because you hear it more and more now don't you that people struggle to sleep um is that an indication as to if there's an imbalance or, or what it what can do yeah so a prakriti is our natural genetic makeup and then our vikriti is our disease state or disease state so vikriti if you're say vata so kapha helps us sleep and if there's lack of kapha we find it difficult to sleep so if vata and pitta are higher and have abnormally gone high that can result in insomnia one of the results can be insomnia so usually when we treat insomnia we treat vata dosha or pitta dosha um and if you look at the world these days it's very electronic everything is on electric media it's very stress which is pitta electrics is pitta and vata then there's anxiety pitta, vata fear vata and uh, there's too much movement which is vata so if you look at our life these days society has become very vata pitta fight and because it's vata pitta fight um these energies go really high and we can't sleep because vata and pitta is high so what i always suggest to people what they should do is start grounding themselves an hour before bed so say they choose to go to bed at 10 o'clock so at 9 o'clock they should switch their phones off and switch any electronic media off because electricity is a fire fire increases pitta right and it stimulates what we need to do is not stimulate our mind in on that side sure okay so we got two sides of the mind we got the old brain we got the right hand side of the brain and the left hand side of the brain so the right hand side of the brain controls our left hand side of the body and the left hand side of the brain controls our right side of the body now the left brain is our practical logical scientific mathematical scheming um uh, the one that we use for work every day like structured brain then we've got our left um that was our left brain sorry then our right brain is our feminine energy it's our lunar energy which connects which collects a sort of um which relates to our creative our water our grounding our softness our intuition our um love okay so what we need to do is we need to at, before an hour before sleep we need to switch our activities from our um left brain which is what we've been doing all day like being at work and uh, talking on the phone and stimulating 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 to changing it to the right side of the brain so doing something creative doing something loving doing something nurturing doing something grounding one hour before sleep because what water will do because kapha is water kapha is water and fire uh, water and earth right so if we increase the water element in our body or in our mind we can then increase the kapha in our body which can help us sleep so i always suggest an hour before sleep start doing something creative because you're actually detoxing your mind you're relaxing your mind um and then you're actually just ready to go to sleep because another thing is um when people want to relax relaxation i believe is not is switching one side of the brain on and the other side off and vice versa so if you do enough balanced of right side left side activity during the day you don't feel as tired you don't feel as stressed out which is why something like anulom vilom pranayam helps that because it balances both chat both brains and that's why you feel very relaxed after yeah that's a wonderful um breathing exercise oh thank you richie that that's fascinating and so what what do you have any tips for people like you like you've already said we are living in such a fast paced world there's information overload we feel 
you know, compelled to check emails and work, you know, is sort of the lines between sometimes home and work right now in particular are being blurred. So people that maybe are working long hours and, and are struggling to get that routine, and I think routine is everything, um, particularly when it comes to, to sleep. Um, even if it's not, uh, as you were saying, eating a, a set routine. But, but do you have any thoughts or recommendations that you can say for people that are really just burning the candle at both ends? Perhaps they've got you know young children, so they're up at different times, or you know work pressures. What what can you suggest to help those people, please? Okay, um, as I said in one of the earlier uh, uh, earlier points that I made, is find your uh, who you are, and part of finding out who you are is finding a passion finding a creative outlet for yourself. Because we are all um, so driven in, in from our educational system about right and wrong, about getting um, a, a good GCSE, good A-levels, good uh, degree, good job, good husband, good wife. So everything is about right, right, right. It's not about being. So we need to learn to be. We need to learn not to think or or, or visualize. We need to not visualize, but think or um, or, yeah, basically think. We need to stop thinking. We need to feel more. We need to be like be happy with who you are. But by to do that, we need to find a creative outlet. Because if you think about it, there's a lot of children out there who are creative, but we they, then we get then we straightjacket them into becoming thinkers, not creative people. Okay, so find a creative outlet. Like look at a lot of these famous painters and musicians. Their best best pieces have come out of uh, a time in their life when they were emotionally unstable or emotionally challenged and suddenly they created a piece of music or a piece of art or a piece of sculpture so what i'm saying here is that if you emo, um, creativity is a path of is a language of emotion so if we can do creativity and we can express our creativity we are actually taking all our emotions from what's happened in the day and grounding them removing them and helping our day. So do something creative a day. Um, find a hobby. Do something creative a day. And routine-wise, find some time in your day to have me time. That's so important. I know people have got kids. Maybe even if you get up half an hour before your kids go get up. Okay. And me time doesn't mean watching Netflix. Yes. Okay. That's not me time. Me time is time where you're doing something for yourself. And that means that if you're on a, I, I like to take tell people if you're on a desert island on your own. What are you going to do? Are you going to read? Are you going to paint? Are you going to dance? Are you going to um, listen to music, sing music? Are you going to cook? Is that what's your creative outlet? Because it's not for other people and it's not stimulating. It's more grounding. So you want a grounding creative outlet and grounding me time rather than stimulating me time, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. And and it got me thinking again about another quote. I'm full of quotes today. Um, but yeah. was saying, instead of buying your children all the things you never had, you should teach them all the things that you were never taught. Material wears out, but knowledge stays. And it got me thinking that maybe this is even something that parents can do with their own children. So actually you can both meditate together. So even though it's an individual activity, it might be that you set designated time before bedtime to to do that as... as um, Sort of parent and child and again it's just cultivating a really good routine within that child um so uh no that's that's really really interesting um sort of as we sort of round up Rajiv um it's been so interesting and and I know you're obviously uh 
have your own business, Sustika, where you talk about and you, you you obviously run courses, but you also have um, a consultancy where you uh, treat patients. Could you talk to us a little bit more about perhaps the trends that you're seeing um, and what, what are people um, coming to you with? And, and have you got any sort of general tips uh, and well-being um, pointers for people, please? Good question. Um, as I said, the, the world is a very vata and bitter world right now. So most conditions I'm coming with are vata bitter raised conditions, and that's the sort of if I had to summarize in one word, one sentence, what kind of conditions? It's any sort of conditions which are vata bitter raised. So I'm getting skin conditions. I'm getting um, infertilities. Um, I'm getting. Um, uh, digestive issues, the bitter digestive issues, migraine-related digestive issues, uh, sorry, migraine-related bitter issues. Um, they're just some of them on the top of my head that I can think of right now. Uh, but it's mainly bitter related um, and they're mainly, how can you call it, stress, anxiety, and bad lifestyle diet, diet, uh, uh, causes. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the tips I'll give everyone is uh, connect with your prakriti number one find out who you are number two uh, listen to your body your body is always talking to you it's like hypertension cholesterol um, uh, cancer any sort of disease doesn't just turn up on your doorstep it's been brewing for years and years and years you've just not listened to your body for long enough now i don't think disease is a bad thing per se because i think disease is a point of change only if you get a disease will you realize that something is not right in my life, okay? Only a disease is a point, like that doesn't, like I said, a disease is not cancer. A disease is some sort of imbalance in your body. So if you get a stomachache, you should recognize that that is something I've not eaten, something I've not done properly. I need to change that. Even if you get something like, say, um, IBS, that is still, you need to change something. But then if you don't listen and you still don't listen and you don't listen, that's when it'll end up as a chronic uh, incurable disease. It's like someone knocking at your door. Someone will gently knock on your door. Then someone will knock a little bit harder. Then if you don't listen, they'll knock even harder. Then they'll start ringing the bell. Then they'll call your mobile and ring the bell. Then they'll just kick the door and just walk away, right? So that's what diseases like. The six stages of diseases in Ayurveda, are what, in, according to Ayurveda, sorry. And each stage is a knock, knock, wake up. Are you listening to me? And if you're, again, listening to nature, if you're not going to listen, it'll, it'll go away, it might go away, but it'll come back stronger, saying, listen to me now, and then it'll go away, and now listen to me harder, and then eventually it'll be like, you know what, you haven't listened to me, here's cancer, right? So all, what I would say is get in tune with your body. If there's something little going on, if it goes on for one day, it's, it's just one of those things, you just need to change your diet. If it goes on for a couple of days, two, three days, that means that you've got some imbalance in your body. Contact an Ayurvedic practitioner. Contact one of us, we'll give you the tips for it, and we'll, let's deal with it. Obviously, that doesn't substitute you not going to your GP. If you are having any problems and concern, visit your GP. There's this Ayurveda is not a substitute for GP. I believe in allopathic medicine. I believe in, in the medicine that is in the West, and it's a very, very useful medicine. But listen to your body is the best medicine. And I would say, um, listen to your body more, eat healthily, Healthily is what's healthy for you. So find out your dosha. Eat according to your dosha. That's healthy for you. And listen to your body. Like someone, two people with vata dosha might not have exactly the same lights because their vata has got eight qualities. So it, it depends on which quality is dominant in vata. 
So it gets really deep, and I don't want to go confuse listeners yeah. right now. Sure. So listen to what your what food digests well with you. Listen to your body. Listen to um, what what you feel like. What are your cravings? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What do you feel like? It's 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 actually really easy when you start doing it. It sounds really weird and hocus pocus when you're thinking about it, but when you start doing it, it's literally you're just doing what you enjoy and you're doing what feels right. And shouldn't life be like that? Doing what you enjoy and what you feel like? Absolutely. And it's nice to hear that you're saying actually Ayurveda and uh, allopathic medicine can very much sit side by side. It's not ex- excluding one or another. Um, but my sense from all the learnings that I've had and the little I've read and speaking with you over the years is that prevention is better than cure, obviously. And Ayurveda is more focused on living according to that. Um, and my sense, again, uh, with western medicine is it's more right now we have to cure what you perhaps could have prevented but it's too late now so let's just sort of treat it with with um different treatments or medicine um so it's sort of using both and taking the benefits of both in tandem and in a very complementary way exactly i mean i'm going to read you a quote from ayurveda i'm doing a roshni okay yeah exactly if you can do it i can read it i'll do you do english quotes and i'll do sanskrit quotes yeah please take it away so the aim the main aim of ayurveda is swastasya swastaya rakshanam which means to prolong life and promote perfect health the second aim of ayurveda is aturyasya vikar prashamanam to completely eradicate the disease and dysfunction of the body. Now, first aim is prevention. Second aim is cure. So what Ayurveda clearly states is prevention is better than cure. And that's what you just said. I mean, Ayurveda, that's the main aim of Ayurveda, is to let's prevent you because it's a stitch in nine saves nine. Stitch in time, sorry, saves nine. It's let's get you staying healthy. That means you don't need to worry about all this complicated medicines, going to India, getting detoxes done. Yeah, it's all well and good and well doing it because it's lovely going there and getting hampered. But if you don't need to go there, why go? Oh, interesting. So that would very much be your standpoint that you don't do what you need to do rather than all the extra extra that people perhaps get more enamored by oh let's go for a, a week detox and massive. no don't get me wrong it's um, if you need it you need to go if you need to go you need to go and don't get me wrong it is there is um ayurvedic uh, panchakarma like seasonal what you should be technically according if you live an ayurvedic lifestyle you should be doing detoxes every season because every season the dosha changes so you need to remove the old dosha the excess dosha from the old season and basically purify the system but um, I would say uh, for a seasonal panchakarma, it's good to go. But um, if you don't need to go for medical reasons, if you're healthy, you don't need to officially go for treatment. What I'm saying is prevention go for, but treatment don't go for if you don't need to. Perfect. That makes complete sense. Origi, thank you so much. That's been so interesting. We're sort of approaching the 55-minute mark. Um, so uh, unless you've got any final points um to make i want to say a huge thank you for um, coming on primrose light sharing some of the ayurvedic knowledge and wisdom that you've gained over the years it's been fascinating as always to 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 speak with you on a topic that i think is so interesting uh, and something that we all care about so deeply Uh, so uh i'm gonna finish off uh with uh, a final saying that to ensure good health we need to eat lightly we need to breathe deeply uh to live moderately 
to cultivate cheerfulness and maintain an interest in life. And that was a beautiful saying, which I thought really encapsulated everything that we've spoken about this evening. Um, and that was by William London. So uh, a huge, huge thank you once again. I hope that people have found this really interesting. And um, please reach out to Rajiv if you've got any further questions. I will tag him on the post. Um, but otherwise, that's all from us here today. So a big thank you for listening and we'll see you really soon. Bye now. Thanks.